Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. Jay, how you doing? Great. Good morning. Morning. So let's just jump in. We've got another special guest this week, and this is, uh, I think, really exciting. I mean, this it's timely for what we've been discussing. Um, it's it's a story that's sort of been bubbling up everywhere in, in, in the, the music industry I, don't, I, I was gonna say trades but there's no trades anymore i mean websites <laughs> you know the the, the website trades <laughs> um why don't you jay give us an intro to our special guest this week well um glenn is a senior editorial analyst at billboard um and you may read his work uh in billboard billboard bulletin but uh also you know on uh the social networks um, he's also um, the founder of Coolfer.com, and he's actually worked in the industry that he reports on. Um, used to work at uh, Caroline and uh, Valley Media. If you remember Valley back in the day, I used to be an account rep for Valley, but it was before Glenn's time. They were a powerhouse um, uh, back in the day before uh, uh, Alliance and, and their rise to power. But uh, I, I think that's important to note as well. Um, welcome, uh, Glenn. Hi, Glenn thanks Peoples. for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I don't think I need to say anything. I think <laughs> you do everything you need to know. So, so um, you know, I kind of hinted to the fact that in the past couple of weeks, Jay and I have chatted about streaming playlists and how they're important to your marketing strategy. And then we kind of um, riffed on a HypeBot article that started asking questions about well, what about payola and playlists and copywriting playlists? And not, I don't know what, two or three days after we dropped that episode, Glenn had an article hit in Billboard that really just focused strictly on the, the idea of payola and, and streaming playlists. And, and I just think it's amazing that this is all coming together at a perfect time that you can sit in and join us and talk about this. You know, let's just start off. I mean... Are, are, are we looking at a new rebirth of payola again? Well, um, let me go back and uh, tell you a little bit about how this article arose. I, I had learned about playlist promotion. Um, probably I started talking to people in the early part of this year because I didn't know it was such an active part of marketing plans uh, as it had become. And it is very much like promoting to radio stations. It's very much like going into a retailer and pitching your new releases and trying to get shelf space and trying to get some attention. Um, and then there is this other side of, of, of paying uh, to get onto playlists, just like you would pay to get airtime on a radio station. Um, the latter being illegal, of, of course. The former not being illegal because payola is not illegal in the digital realm and there's been other instances of this over the years. Um, Earbits, the radio station uh, comes to mind where you actually would pay uh, for them to play you. Um, there have been some others, of course they don't come to mind right away so um, I, I should have done my homework on that one but, uh, but payola is just not illegal. Um, I think we should assume it's happening probably happening far more broadly than I know about, um, probably in other, uh, other areas of the business and not just streaming and not just playlists. Um, 
is, so is, I, is it I, is it not illegal just because of the current definition of what payola is? Is that what it comes down to? That's it. I mean, the laws apply to broadcast radio, right? And uh, it doesn't, doesn't today anything, anything digital, right? So, uh, so I think some people might find payola, or let's let's just call it playola, uh, just to separate the two. Payola, I think, is typically used or maybe should be used for broadcast radio. Right. And that's how it's... it's and that's, that, that's pretty much where our listeners are going to know of payola yeah. when it comes to... I'm, and I think payola is a bit of a loaded word. I think it implies illegality when, uh, when it, in the digital world it's not illegal. So we could call it playola, we could call it pay for play, maybe something else. But I just want uh, listeners and viewers to know that um, playola and payola are two separate things. Fair um, enough. One, people might find it unethical to pay for spots on streaming playlists. They might find some practices in the digital realm to be unethical, but there's a difference between ethical and uh, illegal. Sure. Right. right. So I don't think it should surprise anyone that this stuff is going on. Uh, labels have always gone to great lengths to get their music heard, to had their sales numbers. I mean, how many of us have heard the stories of what, what labels and execs have gone through to get first week sales numbers? Um, you know, these things matter in the business. Yeah. Uh, even, even when they're ghost numbers, even when the, the numbers reflect activity that didn't actually happen, like Facebook followers, right. uh, these things matter and they have value. Um, just like yeah. chart position has sure. value. Uh, it indicates sales, and it also uh, inflates egos and makes people happy. So, yeah. um, so I don't think it should surprise anyone that any money is changing hands to get music heard in, yeah. in digital uh, services. How important do you think playlists are today to uh, breaking an artist or increasing sales of an artist compared to maybe how important they may be in the next year or two? Um, is the question, will it just become more important in the future to getting yeah. on playlists? And how important do you think they are now? Well, from, from what I hear from people all around the industry, it's, it's critical. If you, want, if you want to get heard, it really helps to be on a playlist. If you want repeat listens from any single individual, it needs to be on a playlist. Uh, I guess, you know, it makes sense. You can't count on people to uh, separately hit the play button on a song. They'll listen to a playlist. They'll run through it many times. Um, it's easy, right? On-demand is hard. Playlists make on-demand easy, and this is where you get the repeat listens. So um, when I started talking to people about this uh, beginning of the year, I guess um, maybe I wasn't shocked to know how important playlists are. I just hadn't really thought about it. It's, it's, yeah. It seems like playlists have just sort of been bubbling under the radar for a lot of people. They've always been there, mm -hmm. and and I think most people think of playlists as just what you put together for your own personal use and what your friends yeah. put together, and 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 we're talking about those types of playlists, but we're also talking about the the big curated playlists as well. Sure, sure, and I think that's where playlisting, if if we can call it that. Uh, has become more important and has become a little bigger on the radar, right? Because 
um, because playlists have always existed. And, and, you know, when Spotify launched here, it was all about user-generated playlists and right. sharing those playlists and listening to what your friends are listening to. Right. And while that does work to, I think, a great extent, I think Spotify wisely recognized this hole in the service that they need curated playlists and they need editorial and they need to, to make it easier for people to, to find things to listen to. And so probably until Spotify started really pushing their editorial and creating playlists and around genres and moods and emphasizing new releases and all the things they do now, I don't think playlists were probably on a lot of people's minds. Uh, and, and from what I hear, that's when they started, you know, labels really recognized the power of them and started uh, promoting to them. And in the editorial world, what we're talking about at playlists like at Spotify, um, you know, you go in and you, you pitch, uh, pitch a release or pitch an artist just like you would anywhere else. You, you use the relationships you have and hope that you get, you know, on a playlist. And if, it, if the song goes well... People respond to it. They'll add it to a bigger playlist, and you kind of work your way up, yeah. uh, just as you would work your way up from college radio to, to bigger uh, stations and bigger uh, categories. How, how, um, much, how much of this um, playlist promotional effort is going on towards the, the, you, the general user who just on luck has built up a great playlist with following versus the Spotify's of the world, the RDOs of the world that create their own editorial playlist. What's the breakdown? Have you gotten a sense of that? I don't have a sense of the breakdown. I think it's going to greatly depend on the type of artist, uh, and it's going to depend probably on the label as well. Um, I, think, I think if you're an established label, you will be more likely to hope that the users who are making the user-generated playlists follow what is happening on the bigger playlists. So you can start from the top in some cases. Uh, in most cases, or many cases, you'll need to start from the bottom promoting to individual, I'll call them third-party users, and trying to get on their playlists and get a little momentum and hope that other tastemakers pay attention to songs on those smaller playlists and it kind of it becomes viral in, in at least some small way and you get some streams out of it. And I know labels that do both. You'll, you'll work uh, for the bigger playlists, the, the Spotify's, the Apple Music's, but you'll also work user-generated third-party playlists as well to is, try to is, to is the momentum. Um, is yeah. the the play, the playola concept is that happening at the to the third-party user-generated playlists, or is that pretty much focused on the editorial content-curated lists? No, the the playola is the third-party playlists. And I hope my article was clear about that. I was not indicting Spotify for taking any money uh, for adding songs to playlists. The Playola aspect is, uh, to my knowledge and, and in my belief, just solely uh, situated within third-party playlists where um, some playlist owners will request money. I, I've heard sometimes they get money although a lot of people don't want to set that precedent. They don't want to go down that road, so they, they do their best not to pay anyone. Um, but I've heard for many months that playlists are being purchased. And the entire is, playlist where someone may turn over yeah. their user login info and just let somebody control that and add their own repertoire for a fee. 
that's it. You, it's a it's a one time lump sum. It is an outright purchase of that playlist. Uh, and then as I um, as I wrote in the article, uh, Digmark, which is a company that I've I've heard many times from multiple sources, uh, are purchasing playlists. Digmark, um, according is that D- Dig Sin, uh, it's the it's the same uh, company. Okay, uh, Dig Sin <laughs> was, was founded first. Got it. Digmark is the the digital marketing company that is is kind of an offshoot. It's the same. It's the same office. It's the same people. Okay, uh, all the same Thank people, you. as far as Thanks I know. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, Digmark also pays what is said to be a consultancy fee to third-party playlist owners. A small fee, uh, so it's not like purchasing a playlist. But uh, apparently now they, they pay for someone's attention, effectively. Yeah. Here's some money. Please check out our music when we send it to you. Maybe you'll put it on a playlist. That's how it's been described to me. Uh, and that is the play be- order, Glenn, is that important too? And is this part of the equation where, for example, I want my song that I'm working, you know, in the first 10 or 12 songs in this 50, mm-hmm. 60 song playlist, is that also part of the equation, the, the placement within the playlist? That's what I've been told, and, and you guys might know some, some, something about that as well. But I've heard, you know, um, higher up in the playlist is more valuable. And that's what everybody's ultimately shooting for. I don't think you want to be song number 60 on a 60-song playlist. Right, right. Maybe somebody knows how, how many um, people listen to playlists on uh, Shuffle. I don't know that statistic. I'd be very curious to find out. Now, now you know, you've, you've mentioned that, that Playola is not illegal. Um, but... In your article, I think you mentioned that Spotify is going to be revising their terms of use yes. to basically say you can't do this. Yes, uh, and that, was, that kind of activity was not explicitly prohibited in the prior um, terms of service. The latest one, as of last week, was uh, posted March 2014, and I was told that the terms of service is updating this week. And it contains language that explicitly prohibits the kind of the kind of actions the, that we're talking about, paying to uh, influence certain aspects of the playlist, uh, purchasing outright a playlist. Um, a, a lot of really, uh, I think a lot of the behaviors that we've we've heard about. Uh, now, if Digmark does it get around those definitions, uh, the wording of it. By just paying a consultancy fee, it's possible. Um, I think Digmark might be able to make the argument that we're not paying for the placement of any particular song. Uh, in other words, you can't trace uh, any, any dollar to any song added because it's not that kind of relationship. Um, I don't know if, if Spotify is going to have to revise its terms of service again yeah. or try to enforce that in some way. But even uh, if they do... How how could you police that? Well, I was just going to ask you: Have you gotten any insight as to how how is that even going to be enforced? Dis- how are these mm-hmm. um, offenders going to be discovered, reported? I mean, how would I, as a user, report somebody? Well, the, how you would report it to Spotify—that I don't know. Um, how do you discover it even is happening unless you stumble across a money trail? 
Well, you'd have to stumble across it. You'd have to have probably first-hand knowledge of, of, of some kind of transaction of some sort going on. Um, you know, Spotify policing it is a tough one. Uh, Spotify said it will, uh, I, it will, and I forget exactly how they said it. They'll, they'll investigate uh, anything they hear about, but I think what they hear about is, is the big question mark. I mean, yeah, how, how do people find out what's going on and, and how is that communicated? I think the communication yeah. is probably the easy part. The hard part is, is for people to under, uh, find out if, any, if anything is going on. There's just not a lot of transparency to, to these kinds of relationships. Uh, right. And I so, wonder if they do find something, Glenn, let's say they do stumble across a playlist and they're hearing from people that there is some of this going on where people are paying you know, the owner to either add things or put them in a different order or even turn over the keys, so to speak, to their playlist. If that playlist has a million followers, it's almost uh, like cutting off your nose to spite your face. I mean, I wonder if they'll have the courage to actually you know, cut a playlist um, with that many followers. That's a good point. Um, they can delete the playlist or they can kick the user off the service. And continue and the playlist. And a really popular maybe, user, yeah. that's, they're ultimately hurting the service. In, in, yeah. in one way, they're hurting the service. Yeah. I, I imagine Spotify would counter that uh, it's ultimately better for, for people to believe that the, the system is not rigged for both listeners and artists in the artist community, in the labels. People want to think that it's fair and there's nothing shady going on and it's in everybody's best interest uh, for, for people to have that perception. So I think there's a benefit in cleaning it up in some ways because it helps the platform. It helps the credibility of the service. Uh, it helps Spotify's own playlist that people don't think that they're being bought as well. Yeah. I think, um, I think if, for people to hold these kinds of beliefs about really popular services and to lose credibility, I think would, would hurt a service, the kind of service that really needs growth right now. Right. Really needs people to believe in them. Right. And we're, we're not picking on Spotify. They just happen to be the largest in this arena that has the capability for these user-curated playlists. There are certainly other services that have this, but you know, we'll use Spotify as an example just because they're the, the largest in the space. Sure. Sure, and it's, it's also a very social platform where this kind of uh, playola behavior that we're talking about can take place, where it can't take place on all services. Uh, it's just not how they're built, and, and Spotify was right. built to be social, and I think, I think it's one of its great strengths, um, I, I, and I think it shouldn't be one of their downfalls as well. I think, yeah. I think the social aspect needs to, to be on the up and up, and people need to have some faith that... Uh, that it's a fair place for everyone. Did you speak to Spotify for your article? Uh, I did a little, a little, and it was basically. Can you share what I, with us a little bit about that conversation? Are they upset about it? Are they were they helpful? Is there anything you can share about that? I can't hear your 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 uh, audio, Michael, Mike. I can't hear you. Did 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 Spotify ever even imagine this happening with playlists? You know, that was one of the things that, that Jay and I speculated on is when Spotify first launched, it probably wasn't on anybody's thought that paid influence was going to become an issue with playlists. Mm. They just thought it was a great feature set. 
Is this something that they're sort of like, we didn't see this train coming? Well, I'll go back first to the conversation with Spotify. And, and my conversation with them was, was very brief. And, and I got the statement that I put in the article about upcoming change to the terms of service. Um, so other than that, um, it was, you know, we didn't talk about anything. They gave me a statement. Um, what I've heard from other people is that, uh, well, I don't know if Spotify was caught off guard, but they knew this, this kind of stuff was going on. They knew Playola was happening. And it sounded like, well, with their terms of service at the time, they, they couldn't do anything about it. And before I wrote the article, I was, I was told that they were trying to you know, make that change. So the terms of service was not a reaction to my article coming out, to the best of my knowledge. Um, it was a change that they had been planning, and they wanted to deal with this. I think yeah, I get the sense that they were uncomfortable that this had been going on, and uh, the change in the terms of service was a culmination of that. Do you do you get what? What's your personal feel? Does is this going to take? The government actually stepping in and changing the the definition of payola so it now includes digital so it becomes all encompassing as opposed to worrying about each because I mean I don't know what is what is RDO's terms of service say about this maybe RDO isn't doing the same thing Spotify is doing what does Apple Music say what what does Deezer say what are you know is it going to take the government to actually step in and say you know what we top down this is this is illegal now well i think we're i think we're really far from that um considering the amount of listening time that goes to radio compared to streaming services right now um i think i think of all the things the government has to deal with this is probably at the bottom of the list and industries always want to do their best to police themselves so the government doesn't step in and say look right. either you fix it or we'll fix it um, when it comes to payola, what we've seen in radio is the industry would not police itself. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an arms race, and everybody's fighting to get limited airplay. Um, maybe the fact that streaming is not so limited, right? Uh, listening hours are, or airtime is, is scarce, um, but there's always a lot of streaming time available. Just get people to your playlist push them to your artist. Um, you, it, maybe it won't take some kind of, let's say unethical, because at the time it's not illegal. But it might be different in the digital world. It might not be like it is in the ra broadcast radio world. But no, I just think um, it's probably at the, at the bottom of everyone's list, and especially with, with what the industry is trying to do with licensing and copyright overhaul right now. Yeah. This is, uh, we're years away. It's not in... Look, in a, in a decade or two, it's not unthinkable, that's for sure. I mean, um, if, it's, if it's a problem in broadcast radio, why wouldn't it be a problem in streaming when streaming is the, the majority of how people listen to music? Yeah, and I think that just having it as part of the debate, as part of the discussion now, um, before your article, um, there was the Hypebot piece, which touched on it, but prior to that, there wasn't much talk within the industry, at least through you know, news sources about what was potentially going on at streaming services. And now that your piece is out and people are talking about it, 
uh, I sense and I hear uh, that there is a lively debate now about is this illegal? Is this, you know, if not illegal, is it unethical? And, you know, how can I, as a music marketer, how can I get my artists to be noticed and to rise above the clutter uh, without having to pay some middleman to uh, place it for me? And so I, I do know that that's caused quite a stir, and I think that's a positive thing. I think that is a positive thing. Um, yeah, it's interesting that this went uh, went so long without being talked about, and then that there's a lot of discussion all of a sudden. Um, maybe coincidence, uh, but um, but I think it's good. I think this is a conversation that the industry needs to have. Um, I think it should have should have had it a little bit earlier. But again, this is it's all very new, and like you guys said, who would have thought? three, four years ago that this would be going on. Maybe some, some people, a few people with a lot of foresight, uh, but other than that, um, who would have thought that anybody would buy playlists? Has yeah, there been any fallout? Promote when? songs. Not that I know of, no. Not that and I know you, of. Has anybody reached out to you afterwards? And I mean, there hasn't been any negative uh, feedback about the, uh, about the piece that you wrote for Billboard? No, I didn't get any negative feedback. And that's, that's not to say that nobody has a gripe with me, but um, I haven't heard of it. You're not looking over your shoulder at this point. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, so has there been positive feedback? Have you heard from other streaming services, other people going, you know what, I'm glad you talked about this because now we can, we, we're going to do something about this. We're going to start looking at our terms of service or have, have you... I've heard from people in the industry, not from people at other services. Um, I, I would be surprised if someone from another service reached out to say anything to me. Um, I don't think they would want to give anything away that they thought it was a problem or that they they have it going on or, or that they're working on something. Um, so I don't. I, I would imagine there's a, a large group of people who don't even want to acknowledge it to uh, someone from Billboard. Um, and those people did not reach out to me. Um, but people at management companies and labels, uh, independent people, they did reach out to me. Those are the type of people who, um, who I think want, well, like some people said in the article, they, want to make, they would like this to be a fair system. And when, when it's so important for developing artists to break, um, I think the roads to breaking that artist need to be, you know, clear, and they can't be cluttered up by by playola. I think ultimately it'll, it'll get in the way. So, uh, so nobody wants this to go the way of of really more expensive of marketing that we've seen at broadcast radio or that we saw at, at physical retail, where you know, getting shelf space and, and getting some some marketing was was really for the more successful labels and artists. Uh, so, um, so I think, uh, and, I'll, and I'll go back to, you know, to what I said first. I think it's really good this this conversation is going on now, and people can, if there are any details to sort out in the industry and what's fair and unfair and ethical and unethical and uh, what Spotify will and will not allow. Hopefully, that article spurred more of the conversation uh, in those areas. Well, I'm hoping that eventually we have a level of transparency. Um, and I think you've kind of kicked off the conversation that 
maybe this isn't illegal, maybe it's not even unethical, but we need to answer those questions and we need to kind of take a look at transparency and how important playlists are going to become, you know, in the future. And to your point earlier, you know, maybe they're not uh, anywhere near what terrestrial, you know, broadcast radio is at this point, but they are becoming meaningful in breaking mm. new developing artists and sustaining careers of established artists and also as crazy as it sounds it's it's also helping physical sales concert sales other you know ancillary things that we might not have considered so my hope is for a, a greater level of transparency do you think that that's unrealistic uh I think it's. I think it might be unrealistic. I don't know how this becomes any more transparent. Um, I think some some things might be uh, might need to be transparent. I mean, nobody wants an invasion of privacy, and they don't want their any communications they have regarding their playlists to be made available to anyone else. So I don't know how you would police some of these things. But should should these playlists be, you know? Uh, this is the EDM playlist brought to you by Glenn Peoples. I mean, should, should it be, you know, that level of, you know, it's it's paid for. Here are the paid for playlists. Here are the ones that are editorial. I just don't know if that's realistic. If you could actually separate how, the two, how, how could you? I mean, my my devil's advocate is how could you enforce that? I mean, if you're leaving it up to the playlist owner to mark that this track was paid and sponsored by somebody, well, if they don't mark it, who's <laughs> going to know? Well, Spotify could pass you know, new rules that said every uh, playlist or track that, that has been influenced sponsored. in some way by money would need to be marked as such. Uh, it, it seems like a long shot. It seems yeah. like any track with the... Uh, with that symbol next to it would be like a scarlet letter. Uh, people wouldn't want it there on their playlist. Yeah. Uh, but that, there, there are rules that could be put in place um, to, for people to, to uh, not self-police, but to, to do this on their own and uh, to mark uh, paid playlists as such or to mark payment of any kind as such. You know, it's, it's a tough one. Um, I think that Spotify will have a heck of a time sorting through these things. I, think, I, would, I, I think, wouldn't want to have to make that decision. Yeah, you know, I think this is clearly something that that will continue to evolve, and Spotify's first step is changing the terms of service to see how that has any impact. Does mm -hmm. that open up something new that they have to address? Does that close down half of the problem but left something else unaddressed that now they... You know, do they revise the terms again in another six months because they've uncovered something else? Mm. Feels like to me this is just going to be a, as long as the industry is going to try and police themselves, it's going to be forever evolving how they police themselves. Because when they change the terms of service, these promoters will change their operation mm -hmm. so they don't get slapped by the terms of service. And then I the think, terms um, gets updated again, and then they change the way they operate again. It'll be a constant evolution. Cat and mouse. We can just look at what happens in Washington, D.C. Anytime campaign financing is reformed in some way, and uh, a well-intentioned law turns into um, you know, this big rush to create super PACs. Um, so 
people always work around or work with whatever rules are in place. Yeah. Um, I think given the importance of playlist and streaming, we can assume that people are going to do their best to either work around or work within the rules. Do you, do you have plans to do a follow-up piece in a few months to see what has changed? Where do things stand? How has it evolved again? Um, I think that might be too soon. The follow-up piece that I'm working on is, uh, is, is a lot of the stuff is just things that didn't make the first article where I, I wanted to talk more about, uh, more about the, the kind of playlist promotion and digital promotion that is not Playola. The, the, how much of what ends up on Spotify's editorial playlists is, uh, comes down to good old-fashioned relationships, good old-fashioned marketing. Um, you know, and partnering with them, Glenn. You know, um, part- it, it's so important that, you know, as a music marketer, that you first look at, well, what are the needs of Apple Music? What are the needs of Spotify, RDO, Slack, or whatever? And, you know, if you can drive traffic to these folks whether it's through advertising, through your socials. Um, if you can create, you know, if the artist can pl- create a playlist that says, hey, this is what I'm listening to today, and maybe it's not, you know, just a playlist of all their music. It's a really great playlist that has a few of their tracks in there. There are all sorts of things that you can do to show Spotify or the streaming services that you're partnering with them. And those things I've seen actually help get you into their curated playlists and give you better space in their playlists. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, what you're talking about is, is good old-fashioned marketing, right? I mean, uh, nuts and bolts kind of stuff, blocking and sure. tackling, and, and yeah. not the, the kind of um, creative fancy playola stuff that, that we talked about earlier. Takes a lot uh, of work. It, it does come down with, with working with the partners and finding finding what works for the partners and what they want. Um, that's something that'll never change. I mean, you've been in, you worked in retail a long time. You know, yeah. you know how to find out what they want and how to give it to them and, and how to serve your artists as well. So um, the relationship side, there was no room for that in the first article. Um, but I think that's a really important part. If you're talking uh, streaming, streaming promotion right now, it, it does come down to relationships. And it's kind of... Um, uh, that that's probably not a welcome message for a lot of artists um, because it comes down to uh, what label you're on or who you can hire to do this promotion. Right. And it's not always going to be available to the independent artist off the street who really want to really want to get hurt on this service. Sure. Uh, and you're talking about, just to be clear, you're talking about the... DSP curated or for example the Spotify curated yes. playlist that they're doing yes. how would you kind of flip that and look at the user generated you know the user curated playlist you know to Michael's point earlier some of them may have a million you know yeah. uh, followers and and can generate a lot of streams um, how would you address that well I mean, you tell me if I'm right or wrong. I think there are probably two ways to do it. You can, you can do it yourself, which requires a lot of work in an area you probably don't have any expertise, or you can hire someone to do it for you. Yeah. Um, if, if someone in a band has enough time to reach out to a Spotify playlist owner and, and do this marketing themselves, uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. 
um, tracking them down is they might impressive. they might be able to reach out to a, a few popular uh, playlisters. Um, yeah. It's possible, you know. I mean, it certainly it's not impossible. I mean, independent artists um, did a lot of of marketing to blogs when music blogs really uh, became popular about uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. And that's something they could do themselves. Uh, and the, it's, it helps to hire a, a, a PR person to do this stuff for you. But, you know, you can, you can find music bloggers on your own. You can reach out. You can build some relationships. Um, it's probably not going to be as good as hiring an expert. But, you know, if you're doing a DIY, it's not impossible. Sure, but, and the, they're, but they're very influential. Sorry, Mike. Go I was ahead. just going to say, but, you know, the problem with the third-party playlists is there's no easy direct way to get in touch with that playlist owner. You know, Not an easy on, way. On, on, on Spotify, you can only message somebody who also follows you. So basically you mm -hmm. both have to be friends. If you're not friends, there's no, here's my email address, here's my website, get in touch with me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's something Spotify has to evolve a little bit and say, you know, would you like, here's how a playlist owner can be reached. If we if we want to open this up so we give the the small indie artist a shot, let's mm -hmm. at least give them one yeah. nugget so they can reach out to a playlist owner. Sure, and create a process by which someone can solicit to be included in those playlists. Yeah, I, th I think that's a good idea. You know, there's there's always a lot of talk about artists being able to reach um, fans. On these services, right? And Pandora has allowed that to to a, a small extent right now. But what about going the other way and just letting other people communicate with with popular playlist owners, um, or at least making it an opt-in um, decision? Playlist owner opt-in and say, "Yes, I do want to be contacted. Here's how you yeah. can do it." Because you know, it would be easier to police that way, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, if it were opt-in. Spotify could own that communication channel, and they could uh, probably do a better job of enforcing whatever rules they have uh, if it's done on the platform. Just a guess. I might be wrong about right. that. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I feel like you know, trying to reach Spotify is probably an easier endeavor than trying to reach a third-party playlist owner. At least Spotify is a company, and you can start through mm -hmm. company directories if you have to. But if you're too small of a fish, they're just not going to talk to you. Yeah, but as you said, maybe you start from the bottom, working your way up. But there's just almost impossible to reach out to some of these playlist owners. Oh, maybe I should uh, start a business that connects these two. two no, stocks. you know, they're, they're, I'm almost thinking. Money is, to be is, made, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is, there, is there almost sort of a a, great a clearinghouse for playlist owners to say, okay, if you're a playlist owner and you want to be contacted, join this clearinghouse service. Mm -hmm. And um, a DJ service, a yeah. DJ service, so to yep. speak, um, or even you know the old a press release service. You want press releases sent to you? Join our service, mm -hmm. and somebody comes in there and says, "Yeah, I'm looking for all of the rock, classic rock playlists." Boom, here they are. Contact them. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be wonderful. I think I think anything to, uh, I think to facilitate open and honest discussion would, would be beneficial for the platform. Now, it, it might be a little far down the, uh, the list of things to do at Spotify right now. Yeah. Um, 
you know, they can only work on so many things at once. And I don't know how, where this would be. Uh, I guess it, it depends on what the industry asks for. If it's important, exactly. yeah. then Spotify and other services can work on these features. Um, if it's not important, I don't think we should expect much change. Don't expect Spotify to do it, but maybe, again, maybe somebody in a third party will do it. Because, you know, I, I will say when, when we did our episode a couple weeks ago where we just talked about the importance of playlists in your digital marketing, the number one comment and question I got from most users was, well, how do I reach out to a playlist owner on Spotify? Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to do that. And yeah. so clearly people seem to want to do it. Yeah. Um, it's just And not those there. that figure it out, they're not in any position. They don't want to share it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to so. give you that contact. It took me, took me six weeks to track down <laughs> the email address of that playlist owner. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing. You know, it's, uh, there is no clear-cut path, but uh, I think having that sort of process would, would help everybody. But, Glenn, I think you're right. I don't think it's a, a priority, but I would use the word yet. I think a lot of this is evolving, and I think, yep. you know, as people try, and when I say people, as music marketers try to get their music in these key playlists with lots of listeners and in the top, you know, 10 of the uh, playlist, um, the competition is going to be fierce, and it's going to become more and more important. Uh, I think at some point, in some areas and some artists, probably nearly as important as radio to some of these folks. You know, it's there's a lot of ingredients in this. Whether it's you know, press is super important. You know, socials, getting the word out, touring. There's it's just another in uh, a menu um, that they need to take care of. And I just see this as becoming more and more important. That's why as we have this conversation today and it's early on, uh, I think that's good because it, it needs to be discussed and I think it's going to become crucial in the, in the coming years as this evolves. Now I'm going to bring up YouTube because I know that some labels do reach out and management companies will reach out to uh, YouTubers. Um, they'll, they'll send cover artists their music and hope that the cover artist covers it. I mean, that's a good way to, to get people listening to your song. Uh, they reach out for ways to work with popular YouTube people. I don't know anything about actually creating that relationship. Jay, do you know uh, if that's easier? Well, than- on, on, on YouTube, it, it I know it de- it's happening. It, it's definitely easier on YouTube because you can message, you can send a direct message to a okay, YouTube user. You don't have to be following. You know, mm-hmm. there's really no following right. going on in right. YouTube. And typically they'll post their Twitter handle or their email or their, you know, some kind of social way of And uh, And, and if, if, yeah. if you've really um, built out your YouTube channel, you would include on there links to your website, links to your right. Facebook page. So um, the ability to track down a YouTube user is pretty easy if that mm-hmm. YouTube user has chosen to give you that information. Well, I that's a good point. Uh, I don't hear much about YouTube um, promotion, and I know it's it's uh, it's not the same as getting on a playlist, right? But uh, it does go on. It does happen. And YouTube is such a hugely popular platform; it makes perfect sense. Um, I know Spotify tends to get more attention in every regard than YouTube, um, which I think is unfortunate because YouTube is so important. Sure. Uh, these days. Well, so people understand Spotify. 
really fascinating in some ways. It's it's kind of the forgotten, overlooked promotion. Yeah. Um, promotion that, okay, let's face it, it doesn't have the biggest royalties all the time, uh, but has a lot of can have a lot of views. Yeah. And, and can be a really important part of, of promotion. I agree. I think it's super powerful, and we've talked about this before. You know, my my teenage daughters. That's their source of music is YouTube and a lot of their friends they don't go on to Apple Music or Spotify or any of the other services and frankly they don't download um, uh, they they can find everything they want on YouTube and I think the reason why people kinda pick on uh, Spotify is it's it's a little bit narrower in scope and it's a little easier I think to understand YouTube is a fairly complex beast um, in a lot of regards but you're right it's a it's a powerhouse and I, I do know that those savvy music marketers are looking for anyone there who's getting a lot of views and looking to get their music featured as they should. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that's really interesting. I mean, beyond Spotify and YouTube, um, I, I do know that you know I've, I've heard talk to labels who really promote to all services, and they don't. They don't all have the same value, but you got to make the rounds, right? You got to yep. you got to push your priorities to all different kinds of services, and you want listens wherever you can. I know that we're talking about Spotify mostly because it's it's the most popular service of of uh, this type of on demand, at least. Um, and we're, we're overlooking everything else, but it, it it certainly does happen everywhere else. This kind of this really legitimate type of promotion that that I want to get into for another article. Um, that's that's relationships. It's talking to the executives and the editorial staff, and sure. and um, you know trying to turn them onto your music, get right. them interested, and that's always the first step. And there's also that level of product placement, just like we've done for many years in the music side. You know, in, in film, TV, commercials, mm-hmm. uh, events, it, the same thing um, is happening on YouTube. Uh, it's just a little more select and. You know, but like I said, you know, there's a lot of eyeballs on YouTube, and savvy music marketers are looking to exploit that. I go to YouTube first all the time. I'm like a teenager, and whenever I want to hear something, that's where I go because everything is there. Yeah. Almost nothing is not available there, and yeah. it might be a live recording, but just about every song can be found there, right? And um, and a lot of different, I mean, even lyric videos. I'll take a lyric video over a normal video. I'm glad that there are two versions of right. a lot of these tracks. It's wonderful. Yeah. And then you have what they call, the labels now call pseudo-videos, which is they'll just put the album cover up and stream the whole album, you know, and or a playlist. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, your point's well taken. Everybody's got to love that because your budget for video production is... Next to nothing. <laughs> exactly. Well, if you talk to YouTube, I, I think, you know, typically in those meetings, they're looking for, I believe, like four types of videos. The standard video, a live video, a lyric video, and a pseudo video. Because mm-hmm. the more videos you get up, the more content is up, the more eyeballs, the more everything. So it's, uh, I think that would be a fascinating uh, article, uh, Glenn, for you to, to dig into. You're so good at that ad- investigative uh, angle of, of uh, reporting in, on music, which we just don't see these days when, as you probably see, somebody writes a story and then it's just picked up by everybody else. 
Um, but mm-hmm. actually creating and d- rolling up your sleeve and asking the questions and doing the due diligence, that's a, that's a lost art. Yes, in the blogging era, um, actually doing your own work has, has fallen out of favor, it seems. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate. I'm, I'm sure you guys have, have realized this. There are not many people covering the music business uh, uh, anymore. Right. Uh, a, f- a few newspapers. Um, I mean, a few newspapers who do it on a regular basis. Right. Um, not many. And I, would, I would say New York Times and probably Wall Street Journal. And sometimes LA Times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Washington Post. And sometimes NPR. Uh, NPR usually comes into the bigger stories uh, a day or two late. Um, but, yeah, there's just not a lot of people really mm-hmm. digging into the music business. Uh, not nearly as many as there, there were 10 years ago, that's for sure. Plug whatever you want to plug. Do you have a website that you want people to check out? Do you want to just send them to Billboard? Um, you know, this is, this is your moment. As, as, as Jay and I are huge KISS fans, this is your moment to be Gene Simmons and just sell away. Well, oh, Gene Simmons. I can't be Ace. I mean, what? Oh, you can be Ace. We got an Ace Ace Fraley fan here. Go for it. Um, Well, everything I write can be found at Billboard, and it's under the business section. Um, If you get Billboard Bulletin, uh, just about everything I write is going to be found in there. Uh, A lot of stuff is in the Billboard Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Although, can you hear me? Although I've gone through a phase where I haven't touched Twitter in probably three or four weeks uh, just because I get tired of social media. <laughs> so I need to get back on that, honestly. Um, but usually I, I tweet uh, links to my own articles, other things I find interesting, and, and the occasional comment. So uh, it's nothing personal. It's, it's really where I go for information. Got it. Perfect. Great. Glenn, Thank you Glenn, so much, Glenn. Yeah, I appreciate so much you joining us. This was a great conversation, and and I know we're both eager to to see your your follow up articles um, on on this topic. Thank you for having me, guys. It was it was wonderful. I, I'd do it again anytime in the future. Just Excellent. let me know. Awesome. Thanks so much, Thank, Glenn. Thanks so much, Glenn. Take care. Talk to you, you soon. Bye. I love that discussion, Jay. That was yeah. great. I mean, it was just. You know, it's, it's, I think what's interesting for a lot of people is the fact that payola slash playola is not illegal in the digital streaming space, even though it's pretty much identical to what's happening in terrestrial radio, it's not illegal. And basically because that's the way the law was written. I mean, when the law was written... Who knew? Playlists and streaming services like Spotify never existed, no. so they couldn't have no. seen it. So p- part yeah. part of m- me is sitting here going, well, gee, and it's never this easy when it comes to government and laws, but gee, you go in there and just add an additional word into the existing law that now includes streaming services, done. Yeah. But it's not it, that easy. No, it's, it's going to take uh, probably hearings, and it's going to take time, but I do think we're headed in the right direction. We have Spotify already um, kind of updating their terms of service. I, I think agree. that's a positive thing. Whether it has teeth or not, that's not the point. They recognize that this is an issue, and we're in the early days, right? This is the beginning. Well, I think it gives them 
it gives again we're using Spotify only as a specific example. Yeah, I don't know. I don't up. know if all the other ones and I'm assuming they either have already updated terms of service or probably will. But we're talking it, about it. It gives Spotify some form of teeth now. Mm-hmm. So they can go here and say, Well, you just sold your account to somebody else. We, yeah, we we now have the authority. We're taking it over. We're, we're we're just closing it down and we're deleting it. You know, or or you know, if they don't want to lose all those listeners, maybe they confiscate your massive playlist. You know what I mean? And, maybe and, and, and turn it you into lose a, it. Turn it into a a a honest curated playlist. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, it's it starts to give them a little teeth to act on, yeah. and and I think that, like I said in the in the interview here, it's the first step that's always evolving because we know that the promoters will change their operations to avoid tripping up the terms of service. Yep. And then the terms of service will probably get broadened a little bit or more specific in certain areas. It's to a certain degree. It's whack-a-mole until you've kind of covered 99% of the moles that are popping up here. You're never going to have 100%, but... You know, uh, with radio, there's not 100%. But I, I loved the conversation with Glenn. I think that he provides insights that very few in the industry can provide. Um, and, and I mentioned it during the interview. He's one of the few people left in the industry because of the fact that there are very few outlets that are really investigating or reporting on the music business. He's one of the few people left who's actually doing the investigating, you know, who's actually going out, asking the questions, interviewing people, and trying to make sense of this stuff. If you haven't read his work, do yourself a favor and and go on to Billboard. They actually even separate it by writers, and you can go to a page and look at a lot of his articles. But I always look forward to them when I see Billboard Bulletin because I know they're going to be thoroughly written and he's going to ask the right questions it's not it's not it's not a pr piece article no. it's it's actually again somebody listen up up until his billboard article on on streaming services and payola nobody was talking about this no. publicly there was a lot of talking amongst your friends and colleagues but i don't think anybody wanted to be the first to say it still exists right and and i'm betting that those who are involved in doing it didn't want to talk about it because they knew once the cat's out of the bag, we're now difficult the, to do. The, the spotlight is on us, and now things are going to change. And and yeah. you know I've built a business for the last how many years around being able to do this. Now it's going yeah. to change. Yeah. Um, evolution. And, you know, so- some of our conversations were spurred on by one of my clients who wanted a better presence in playlists, and the more questions I asked. The more questions you had. (laughs) Yeah. I had people who looked uncomfortable talking to me about it. And then there were people who would talk about it, but they wouldn't give me their secret sauce. They didn't want other people to know how they got into these playlists. And it just, it made me really curious. And I think you and I have uncovered um, and at least asked a lot of the questions. And what I love about Glenn is that he's not that different from you or I or a lot of the viewers and listeners in that he's a music fan, he's a music freak, um, but he also has worked in the industry. So he does have insights. I thought that was a really interesting uh, interview. Yeah. You know, I, I the one thing I would love to see, whether it comes out of a follow-up by Glenn or just something that happens and evolves on its own, is is a better way for 
indie artists to reach out to the third party playlists. Yeah. Um, whether the, the, the streaming services provide that means, whether a third party person sees a business opportunity to create, you know, not, not the, um, press release distribution service, but a mm -hmm. playlist distribution yeah. service and, and, and not, not necessarily because there's DJ services out there and we're not talking DJs. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's different. This is, you know, I own playlists, you own playlists. And if I said, I sure, let me know if you've got a new cheap trick style song I will consider adding it to my playlist. Here's well, how like you your can playlist reach me. about the the kind of the newer rock bands. Rock, rock, rock is not, not dead. dead. Yeah. Well, it, how great would it be for people to be able to reach you and go, "Hey, Mike, you may not have heard of this artist," and you know that's not playola. That's you trying to build a meaningful it's playlist. Marketing. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, yeah. So I, you heard I, I, first, folks. I would love to see um, a, a better way to reach out to. To, to playlist owners yeah. it's just again if you're not if you're not Facebook or if not Spotify friends you just can't send a message and beyond that good luck it's going to take some forensic work to dig them up on the internet to see mm. who they are and yeah. and these companies that have been doing the promotion online put the time into that and mm -hmm. God bless and them for doing that it. but they're not going to share it because they yep. know that's very valuable and that took a lot of manpower and hours to track it down and you know that that's not a leveling playing field that's if you've got the money to hire us we'll let you do it mm -hmm. but let's be honest there's a lot of artists that have great music that are not going to be able to afford thousands of dollars just in playlist promotion not right. talking pr not talking radio and not talking everything detail. else right um that they would put the effort in themselves if they just knew how to reach out to these people yeah great conversation all right so there you go another week of the music biz weekly love to hear your comments on this um you know we've heard from a lot of people especially asking how do you reach out to people on spotify but you know if if you are trying this let us know your frustrations or your successes in in reaching third-party playlist owners um, or, hey, if you've run into somebody who said, sure, but it's going to cost you to get into my playlist. I'd love to love hear to from hear you. That. Love, love to hear your, your story on that and your reaction to that. Um, just leave your comments wherever you're watching or listening to us. And until um, next week, take care, everyone. Thank you.